podcast, today's episode is just a little bit different. Today's show, I'm not joined by just one guest. I am joined by two individuals who have done more in the food industry than anyone that I can think of. I am honored to be joined by Quinn and Michael Scalzo. The first part of the podcast, we'll listen to how Quinn, in 1977, decided to set up Scalzo Foods from the spare room of his family home. We discuss the early days of Scalzo Foods, how business was done, the hurdles Quinn had to face, and the journey to now. Fast forward 40 years from 1977, and Quinn is still in the business, but he's taken a step back and handed the reins over to Michael Scalzo, who is now Managing Director. We chat to Michael in the second half of the podcast about how business and food was in his blood from an early age, how he deals with pressure and his management style of running a $450 million business, and also his latest investment in the first Southern Hemisphere plant-based protein facility. I'm proud to say I work for Scalzo Foods. It's a great company that embraces new thinking, entrepreneurism, and respects family life. It's always great to hear the story of the company that you work for, and I hope you guys enjoy this story too. If you have any feedback or comments, please leave a review on iTunes. If not, contact me on LinkedIn. Always great to hear what you guys think, and I hope you continue to enjoy the shows. Welcome to the Retail Ready Podcast, hosted by Ben Wyatt, your destination for product development, food trends, and some serious knowledge bombs about the food industry. Thank you very much for joining me on today's episode, Quinn, and... uh, I'm in your office in the Scalzo headquarters in Kensington, and you are the founder of Scalzo Foods. And for anyone out there who doesn't know Scalzo Foods, do you want to just give a brief introduction as to who you are and what Scalzo Foods is in a nutshell? Thanks, Ben. I'll, I'll, I'll do my best. Um, so briefly, um, I started working at 15 years of age uh, after completing what was in those days called Year 9. I went and worked for an importing company that was dealing in all sorts of raw materials and chemicals, pharmaceuticals. And I worked in that business uh, for 15 years, starting off as a shipping clerk and making my way up to being the, uh, the senior person in the business next to the family who owned the business. In 1977, um, the world was changing and I felt that I needed a change and that I wanted to do something on my own. So the Scalzo food business commenced in 1977. Wow. And usually it commenced from my family home, you know, uh, trying to keep costs very low. I had a, uh, a fourth bedroom in the house, which wasn't being used. So telex machines, for anyone who knows what a telex machine is, and a couple of phones were installed. No mobile phones, of course. No fax machines. Uh, and certainly no uh, desktop uh, you know, Microsoft uh, pieces of equipment yeah. on the desk. So it's a pretty basic uh, startup. So how? Did, so just going from that then, how did you? How did you contact people to bring in ingredients and products? Well, like, I was fortunate was that I'd already done some overseas travel, right. and so I had contacts globally. I actually had a very good relationship with most of the customers in Australia. Not so much in New Zealand, but yeah. certainly in Australia. So it wasn't that difficult for me to. Uh, tied together the supply chain yeah, okay. of supplier and customer. That, that part really was quite easy. What was difficult was two things. You're starting off on your own. Who would trust you from a supply perspective? Yeah, okay. And the customers in Australia 
many who, who promised they would support me initially didn't. So uh, okay. not an easy task to start. And what did your parents think of it when you just said, I'm going to go for it? Uh, well, you know, I, I was lucky in, in a sense uh, that really it was the unit that, that, uh, that uh, was really my wife and, and I had at that stage only two children, uh, Michael and Kathy, uh, who, uh, who were with us. Um, and so it was a pretty easy decision. Um, I, we owned a home, I had some money, so I was able to put the, uh, the mortgage uh, up as uh, collateral to uh, the CBA yeah. bank, which was our bank at the time, mm-hmm. and away we went. And then you created this business, you know where you're going to go. What was the first product that you, that we, you tried? We, uh, we, we were trading uh, in sort of what today uh, are not commonly uh, used to the same extent in the, uh, in the days of 40 years ago when things like dextrose products, which are okay, you yeah. know, types of sugars, uh, dextrose monohydrate, dextrose anhydrous. Uh, we were always dealing in dehydrated vegetables, we were dealing in gelling agents for the pet food industry. So some of the industries that we are dealing in today mm. were the industries and customs that we started with back in 1977. That's fantastic. And we're recording this on a Monday morning. Yes. And 40 yes. years on, 40, you're 40. still in the office, 40 years on, still enjoying it? Are you, Cer- are you? Certainly. Look, you know, I've been extremely fortunate, good health. A wonderful industry, the food industry, which is what I didn't have in my previous 15 years because it was a combination. Uh, I, I like the idea of food. I like the idea of understanding how things are grown, uh, how then they have a value, uh, which enables uh, added to the uh, agricultural commodity to be taken up by us, which then uh, deliver it to uh, the food manufacturer. Yeah. All these days, of course, over the last 15 years, more and more the work that we do in the retail sector. That's unbelievable. And... Moving from the house, the spare room, to we're now sitting in the head office, which is just an incredible place. There's a factory here in Kensington, there's a factory in Campbellfield, you've got Altona, you've got Bales. Another warehouse in Traganana. So, yeah, so the, so the future is, is, is hopefully uh, for, uh, for, for Scalzo and, and the Scalzo uh, 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 personnel and, and our work colleagues uh, exciting. We're moving across the road in a brand new. Uh, building uh, in uh, March, April next year. Uh, this facility which we are sitting on in Kensington Road, West Melbourne, uh, will uh, initially, as I say, March, April, lose the head office uh, registration because it moves across the road. And then probably about two years later, we will move the manufacturing site and the other three sites all into a new facility in Ravenhall. So exciting times uh, as such. And did you think it would get this big while well, you were just... Did you Look, we, we've worked pretty hard. I, I, think, I think the great, uh, I think the great uh, uh, opportunities which are available in any sector are the ones you've got to take advantage of. I, I think we have read the changes to the, uh, to the food sector mm. pretty well, including this latest uh, you know, investment of ours into plant protein. So we, we, we recognise uh, that food is, is, is something that is, is emotional, uh, is variable in, in the sense of what uh, people do with it uh, and the type of foods which they, they want to consume. And I think over the last, particularly the last 20 years, we've moved to what uh, the industry sectors are looking for. You know, th- this nut uh, boom that we have ridden over the last 20 years has just been incredible. Uh, same thing with fruits, you know, that uh, again people are interested in eating, uh, you know, sort of fruits and nuts. So it's, yeah. it's been a great ride. So you've been uh, always evolving over the time you've been here and you, 
still I think I think that's the key, Ben. If I if I had so so we've given ourselves to answer your question about you know did we expect to be where we are. Probably not, but we've given ourselves the best opportunity. And the other thing, of course, being a family business, we've invested heavily yeah. in the business along the way. You know, we uh, I always make this uh, funny little comment to say I don't have a couple of million dollar value in a boat out there in uh, Port Phillip Bay. Yeah. If we have values, it's all in the food business uh, <laughs> or the property business, which we're also very active in. So we've got lots of assets that we're yeah, prepared to throw with the business. And over the years, what would you say your key hurdles have been? Is there any that kind of go, you look back going, oh, I just wish I would have done that differently or gone into that kind of industry? Or well, I think you always have to look back. To, you know, it's the old cliche, you know, do you go back or do you go forward? Yeah. To go forward uh, and be where you want to be, you have to look back. Uh, so you learn from the things that you just pointed yeah. out. Maybe we, we could have done better. Um, we, we probably... Um, we probably should have been looking uh, to invest more than what we currently have in direct agriculture. Okay. As we now own land where we grow our own sultanas, we own a processing plant. We probably should have made that five years earlier okay. and had more influence uh, in how that industry is shaping up uh, and what we could do with that industry. This is the dried fruit industry, yeah. both domestically and internationally. Awesome. And just going off to the Mildura site, was that your idea to, to invest in the end-to-end process in dried fruit? Well, no, the, that, that decision well, was, that? was discussed, but that was Michael Skelzo drove, drove that decision as we were uh, very keen uh, to try to really get a start on the, uh, on the export market. Yeah. So Ma- Michael uh, had the vision and, okay. uh, you know, uh, then the tough task uh, for any CEO is one, to convince the board and then behind the scenes <laughs> there are these shareholders that uh, he also has to uh, ha- has to talk to but he, he does it well so we don't have too many problems. That's interesting and after after this podcast we're actually talking to Michael and I'm probably asking the same question how do you feel in yourself being at the top of the tree where all the pressure there's no one above you you have to believe in yourself how how do you deal in that realm for 40 years. Huh? Look, I, 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 you know, as, as, as uh, most people know, I sort of haven't been in that, in that role. Michael was appointed, uh, you know, 10 years ago as the CEO and uh, I, I relinquished my chairman, uh, executive chairman's role uh, in 2016. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think the one of the uh, most underrated um, factors about the Scalzo business is that we have a, a, a fabulous um, range of people with great skills, but uh, more importantly, we have a very, very capable management team. Uh, been very loyal, has been with us a long time, um, and are bloody good at what they do. So if you're sitting in Michael Scalzo's chair uh, at the top, uh, I think you rely heavily uh, on your support team, and I know he discusses uh, regularly uh, uh, any significant decision with the team. So we're fortunate. Uh, a lot of businesses that we've competed with and continue to compete, I think, have not been prepared to invest in people. Okay. I, I think we have invested yeah. in people. I think that is one of, in my view, that, that's one of our uh, one of our secrets, which, yeah. which uh, sometimes are not openly discussed. Certainly, if it was going to be public, uh, we'd be careful how we put that to yeah. the market. But, you know, people are a great, great asset for us. Fantastic. So mm. people support you in your day-to-day. Correct, correct. And, you know, they're the ones who've got the visions. They're, they're the one are driving, uh, you know, the people that are working with them. Uh, I mean, it's a very competitive environment. Yeah. It's very challenging. 
the retail sector uh, uh, over the last 10 years has been uh, has been very challenging to work with and, and in anything over the next three to five years will even be more challenging as we've got new competitors coming into the landscape and everyone's fighting for uh, their rightful share of the market. Yeah, it's interesting because you would have seen it evolve so dramatically over the last year, 15, Well, you know, we've, we've gone years. in a retail sector where Aldi wasn't here. Yeah. Uh, we've gone to a situation where both Coles and Woolworths would buy their goods state by state. So, you know, yeah. uh, it, it, you know, there wasn't this concentration uh, of power in the sense that, you know, you are the supplier to any of the retailers now in every state, you know, 20 years ago, you might have been a supplier in Victoria, but you weren't a supplier in New South Wales, and you probably certainly weren't a supplier in Brisbane or WA. So, you know, the, the, wow. the marketplace has changed. That's fantastic. And mm. do you feel now, now you, 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 well, you're in on the office on a Monday morning, but are you finding yourself relaxing a little bit more now? And yeah, well, no, no, I, 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 I am fortunate. I am fortunate. Yeah. No, I am fortunate. I, I, I sit uh, these days as an executive director on the board. Uh, don't have a lot to do with the day-to-day, -day, uh, but, but certainly uh, like to see myself as supportive of anyone who's in the business from, uh, uh, you know, people that might be operating in, in a manufacturing sector, uh, in the warehouses, or uh, if it's uh, in the commercial department or the uh, our account management team, you know, I'm happy. I've just made a, sent a note out in relation to the foreign exchange, said, look, if you need yeah. further explanation, come and talk to me. Fantastic. And mm. it's not a, it's not always business. You do a lot in charity as well. I, I, uh, I, well these days I do spend, I, I spend an incredible amount of time, um, you know, working with organisations all about trying to get young people into jobs. You know, we, we have a situation in Australia where unemployment sits at about 5%. Youth unemployment is probably more like somewhere between 12 and 14, and we haven't been able to get that down. And so, as, a, as an individual and, and the skills of our family, we're, we're very keen to see if we can make a difference. So, I work with a number of organisations in trying to. Uh, well, you know, it's a it's a it's a, uh, a statement many people make, but uh, we, we try to give something back to the community. Fantastic. And probably probably the last question to 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 finalise is, if you weren't doing what you've been doing for 40 years, what do you think you would have done? Look, you know, I, I'm the typical migrant story, you know, so 1955 we came here to Australia. Mm. So I, I, I think uh, migrants have a, a bit of an entrepreneurial spirit uh, and I, I think I would have done something else. Certainly I considered uh, either going into the liquor business okay. uh, or the restaurant business back in 77. Okay. I'm very glad I didn't, <laughs> but, but maybe uh, because I'm a reasonably... Uh, drinker of red wine maybe liquor would have been the thing to go into and yeah. i think if i hadn't done the food interesting yeah well there's hopefully plenty more time to uh, enjoy a few glasses but this is i've i'm still learning like i've been in Scalzo now for a year and i can definitely vouch for the comment you made before of the investment in people and i'm, I'm loving my time here and i'm just loving the story and the direction that the business is going so i appreciate your time today and i appreciate the family's time uh, for myself. So thank you very much and uh, good luck. I, I, I look forward to listening to the podcast. Thank you very uh, much, ben, yeah. it's a, it's an interesting uh, you know sort of uh, um, sort of scenario that you painted uh, in, in working and giving people information, which I think is is fabulous. I mean, pe people can do things with information. You know, yes, if you yes. don't have it, you can't do anything. Yeah. yeah, it is indeed. So it thank you indeed. very much. Pleasure. Thank you. Perfect. So part two uh, with the Scalzo family. Um, literally, I've just moved from one office to the next. <laughs> and I'm now with uh, Michael Scalzo, who is now the managing director of 
Scouser Enterprises because it's not just the, talking about food. We're talking big adventures, big yeah. pillars. Uh, welcome to the podcast, Michael. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks, Ben. Thank That's, you very much. Um, exciting to be here. Thank you. Thank you. So we had the detail of Quinn giving like, how he started, how, yeah. how his, a migrant family came over to Australia 15 years in, yeah. in the industry and then went out on his own family. And you've seen it from the moment you were born. Yeah. Um, yeah. How, how's that been? How's, how's from the well, start? It's, uh, it's just been... Um, really all-consuming, but not 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 in a negative way. There are so many of my own childhood memories that are completely wrapped in and around wow, the yeah. start of the food business, and whether it was coming and uh, working here at a very young yeah. age, you know, as a kid unpacking containers, or whether it was wow. just sitting in the car listening to my dad talk to somebody on the phone on his, you know, on a, yeah. on that big old brick mobile phone <laughs> to the USA or to India and wow. talking about uh, trades and deals and things like that. There's a lot of my childhood memories that are just completely intertwined with, you know, the business and what dad was trying to get started from a very That's early yeah. age. Because, yeah, it's literally you're not 16 and you just go into the, the job you've been there yeah. from day one yeah. Yeah, while yeah. I was watching you play football it's yeah. business talk in the in the car so. that's right so I, wow, you know, yeah. I, I think I learned about letters of credit when I was eight years old and which I, is really I didn't weird. even think about that yeah that's, that's fantastic <laughs> that's right and um, you know I remember dad explaining to me how a telex machine worked yeah wow when again when I was just a young kid you know so uh, lots of uh, lots of memories that um really very much relate to the early stages of the food business yeah. and um, uh, so you, 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 you've sort of seen it or, or absorbed little bits of it um, you know right from its early stages that's unbelievable so yeah you, you, you've built up of it you've had food in your blood from from yeah. birth and now you're the managing director of a, a business which is worth over 400 million dollars on your shoulders, yeah. And I, I probably want to because we heard the background. Like I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm sure the people are listening uh, because we have a lot of startups, a lot of small businesses, medium-sized businesses. You're a large business. Yeah. You, I don't think the company larger than this business. Yeah. How do you feel with the day-to-day pressure? How do you just deal with the day-to-day pressure of? Uh, well, um, I think perhaps by my natural personality mm. I'm a very practical person I, I move on very quickly okay, from yeah. things I might that's um, interesting yeah I might um, you know have, have a, an outburst of some anger yeah. or some frustration but I move on from things very quickly and I think you have to be yeah. able to move on from things quickly and you know because we it, when things are going well you want to be able to celebrate your successes yeah. but you don't want to keep celebrating them for too long because around the next corner is the next person trying to take your lunch. Um, And you can't be so rocked by something that doesn't go well because, um, you know, you walk around the office and the staff need to see you positive and upbeat and looking forward to the next challenge, even though everybody knows we might have just failed at yesterday's challenge. So you've got to be able to just find a way to keep moving. And um, with my natural personality being quite a practical, pragmatic type, Mm. I think that's um, part of the way, uh, part of the reason with uh, just being able to carry the responsibilities of a business um, that's quite broad and quite diverse and 
uh, larger today. Fantastic. And yeah. you were saying, yeah, celebrate your wins, move on from your losses. Yeah, yeah. Over, well, 30 years have yeah. you been in the business? Like, yeah. There's been some wins, there have been some losses. Yeah. How have you seen the landscape change? Like from the moment you started unpacking containers to sitting in this office doing the day-to-day stuff and now leading the office like what's what's changed in your opinion of the landscape well you know the i think the food industry here is really matured i mean when when the scalzo business first started you know food manufacturing of of uh, 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 various different food products and industries yeah. was really just at its start you know okay. lots of businesses that we see today um, were really making their early stages. So even if you take somebody like Uncle Toby's, Uncle yeah. Toby's was just really starting wow, when yeah. we were starting okay. yeah. ourselves. And so um, I think I th- the maturity of the food industry is a very significant change from, from the business's early years. Uh, certainly the connectivity globally is a massive change. Mm-hmm. So the ability for people to get information quickly and to help uh, to help that drive better decisions for okay. whatever part of the industry that you're in. So whether it's new product innovation and ideas and trends that are evolving globally, whether it's some best practices in an operational sense, whether it's warehousing or procurement or uh, distribution, to be able to tap into what's happening globally yeah, okay. is, is much easier yeah. today. And I think they're two really, really big changes that bring lots of positives. And, and for, 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 for our business, we've just been trying to uh, stay connected to the customer base and, and, and being as good a listeners as we can yeah. as to what their needs are. But at the same time, uh, trying to follow and keep well connected to what's happening globally yeah, and okay. try to bring as many good ideas into the business as what we possibly can Fantastic. down here. Yeah, because Quinn was mentioned and he, he had to evolve over the 40 years and keep evolving and from even the year that I've been here, it's yeah. evolved. Yeah. And yeah. You, you, disc- you did a team meeting last week and discussed about the evolution of the next stage. Yeah. And I'd just love to touch on it now. Yeah. Would be the, the plant-based proteins. Yeah. Um, so anyone who doesn't know, and we'll be putting the link to it, um, Michael is you've been kind of the, the front runner in building a whole... And I think we're right. We're, it's the only plant in the southern hemisphere. That's Unless right. Unless someone's doing some background shifty work in <laughs> in the middle of the outback, you have literally invested um, your money into creating plant based proteins. Yeah. yeah, we have. So, so um, uh, as part of the business's strategy and wanting to continue to evolve the business. Uh, on top of what it's already doing today, not away from what it's doing today, but on building on top of what we've got today, uh, we've been eyeing and keeping in touch with what this plant-based protein industry was doing globally and uh, have had on our minds um, uh, the idea of being able to get ourselves uh, quite well entrenched in how the industry would evolve in Australia, and okay. Australia is a is uh, uh, for many many years and is already at very well uh, uh, very well progressed from a growing and a farming perspective. Lots of these different legumes and pulses yeah, and things, true, yeah. and have been so for for decades. So we, we've had a great raw material base, and it's been it's been a challenge to try to find a processing solution and a technology set that can take those raw materials and turn them into 
um, uh, a, a, a high enough quality yeah. raw material. And uh, so we've been searching around for a little while and finally came, we came across the guys from Eat Group and yeah. um, we felt that the chemistry at a human level between mm-hmm. us and them yep. was a really big tick, that the work they had done to develop and refine the technology um, was a very significant investment that they'd been making over the last two or three yeah. years. So we felt that the technology solution was sound and that the early communication and dialogue they'd been having with customers both domestically and internationally was showing some very positive results. Then we took some of the product samples and did our own work internally, which you helped with, Ben, and it was largely confirming the story that we'd already been hearing, that the types of products that we're going to be able to produce are of, uh, you know, they they carry great attributes uh, to make them widely usable as the industry demand for yeah. plant protein grows over the next sort of 20, 10, 20, 30 years. Yeah, it's so exciting and it's, it's great to be a yeah. part of. And, uh, it's, it's cool. I mean, mo- most people probably appreciate alternative proteins mm. perhaps more in the meat substitute yeah. space and I, and I get that because that's where all the publicity has yeah, been. Correct, yeah. And certainly we think that our ingredients will find its way into that industry because we yeah. think we've got good quality mm-hmm. raw materials to make Great, great tasting uh, alternative meat burgers and yeah. and, 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 and meat type uh, re- replacement solutions. But we also think that the ingredient quality is good enough so it can find its way into a larger array yeah, of okay. applications. <laughs> so whether that's, you know, the supplements industry yeah. for one, whether that's, you know, nutritional bars, beverages, uh, the guys are we're already doing some work with a, with a, fantastic quality vegan mayonnaise okay cool and so we feel that you know there's a link between uh being able to produce good quality raw materials Mm. and giving food manufacturers therefore the confidence to develop new products with those good raw materials without confidence in being able to get consistent good quality raw materials they're not gonna they're not gonna develop and i and i get that so what what we feel is that as our story becomes more well-known, as we can get more products out to the trade for people mm-hmm. to start playing with this product, they will uh, they will gain confidence in being able to use it and then be able to back it. Fantastic. And I think that will be a, um, a really sort of significant part of our priority over the next 12 to 18 months yep. is to get the food industry confident with the use of the ingredients that we're going to be making so that they consider it for a wide range of, of applications. That's cool. So if, if you are listening, um, come and get your plant-based proteins uh, from Scalzo. It's as yeah. simple as that. We're, yeah. we're, they're not messing around in this space. So no. no. It's, uh, yeah, to be taken seriously. And it, I just think, for me, there's two things uh, to touch on that. There's you seeing the trend because there's a lot of businesses out there that are just sticking to what they've done best for decades on decades. And I call them the sleepy giants. They're, yep. they're not evolving with the times and the new consumer. And you, you saw it from an early stage that this trend was going off. And yeah. it's great to see. And the second thing is, how good is the raw materials in Australia? You've got yeah. 
It's wonderful. Some of the greatest yeah. produce being grown. Um, we've touched out on a previous podcast with Hayley, who runs the Australian Superfoods Company. Oh, yeah. yeah. She does kakadu plum, lemon myrtle, yeah. wattles. She sourced them, got the supply chain set up, grown on your doorstep. Yeah. Adrian Sester, who you know is working with the organic farmers uh, and trying to build produce that. And yeah. there's, there's a lot of untapped resources instead yeah. of having to go overseas. There sure is. Um, and um, there, there are a couple of great examples that you've mentioned, Ben. Um, uh, th- those folks are, are great believers mm-hmm. in um, the resources that we've got in this country and just trying to find uh, uh, more value-added and more sophisticated ways with which we can turn yeah, some of those fantastic. great raw materials into some food solutions. And I, and I reckon that's really cool. And I'd love to have more believers mm-hmm. sort of get around Definitely. Um, folks like that who are... Um, uh, really making a very significant contribution to yeah. the development of the food industry in Australia. So I think it's wonderful That's and um, I, hope, I hope it continues, I really do. That's great and I know it's not going to be smooth sailing like with every project. Um, yeah. Goes on to my next question, you've now, you've got this project on the go, yep. you work in Mildura on the end-to-end um, plantation of Sultana's raisins. Yep. Um, there's a few more projects you're involved in. Yep. What would you say your biggest win or your biggest achievement has been since since joining uh, as a full time oh, employee? Um, well, it's hard to. It, it is really difficult to sort of narrow it down. I, I, I think the the in some ways it's the, the biggest achievement is to hold true mm. to some of the principles in how the uh, business okay. works and thinks. So, with the path cut by Quinn and the other early staff that he had built around him, they worked with some really, you know, they they stayed true to some business principles. And, you know, in a transition from one generation to the next, I think one of the greatest risks was that perhaps I didn't hold the course with some of the business principles that um, were were working so well with, with, within the company. And, and so that's that, you know, things like keeping a really strong sense of entrepreneurial and, okay. you know, entrepreneurialism yeah. inside the business. So at whatever level, whether it's developing new products mm-hmm. or whether it's finding a new way to warehouse, uh, uh, distribute, uh, whatever it is, you know, trying to create that sense for our staff that, um, we hope that when they're given a responsibility, they, they take it from where it is today yeah, to yeah. something they see it could turn into. So having a vision for their own area of responsibility and that's trying to act entrepreneurially, whether it's you running the sales team or running the procurement team or running the IND yeah. team or the finance team, it doesn't matter. It's coming into the business and trying to put your own stamp on it and, and, and taking your area of responsibility to... Uh, to something that you have a vision for and, and, and the family, me, just supporting them along that journey. Right. I, I'd sort of watched uh, Quinn do that for many years and I think holding true to even some of those good business principles like that um, has, has, some, has been a great base for the business just to keep mm. its trajectory uh, working from and I, I suppose that's one of the things that I'm very proud of is that we... Um, continued some of the very strong themes and 
um, ideas and philosophies that worked well when the business was still in its very small stages, even though it's growing into a uh, you know more medium sized business yeah. now. Oh wow! So it's um, look along the journey, uh, we've had uh, s- some amazing milestones uh, on top of that, or, mm. or sort of built yeah. around those sort of business philosophies. Um, uh, you know what we've done in New Zealand, for instance, yeah. is terrific. You know we we. We were in New Zealand for um, about 10 or 11 years and just couldn't break through to be a a more recognised or larger business in New Zealand. And we sort of finally found the the right formula with a good bunch of people uh, and um, some business opportunities that came our way at the time. And now we've broken through and we sort of, you know, we've got 50, 60 people now employed in New Zealand and it's a really, it's a really terrific a company that I think has uh, a nice level and an appropriate level of recognition uh, in the New Zealand marketplace, and you know that's um, that's a testament to the folks that we've had in the business yeah. uh, to help create those milestones. Yeah. So there's lot there's lots of lots of little things like that that I think have all come together over the last uh, fifteen or twenty years to 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 build the business up to what it is uh, today. Yeah. Because yeah. you do like I would say entrepreneurial spirit yeah. in the business. And yeah. even in the year that I've been here, like it's give it a go. Yeah. Work on like as long as you've got don't get me wrong, like it's not all sunshine and rainbows. No. I've needed no. to get all my facts and numbers in order. Yeah. To kind of go yes or no and but it's uh, it's it's great that you have that that spirit because I don't yeah. I think if you you said it, but didn't mean it. It it, it wouldn't exist. And yeah, it definitely does exist. Well, you know, um, I think one of the dangers in business today is that people, you know, just analyse the crap out of mm. things, and it almost stifles y- your sense of instinct and your intuition yeah. for something. And if I think we've all got to remember that we really need to leave the right amount of room for someone to act instinctively. And with intuition over and above an evidence set that they've been able to create. Otherwise, people are just going to keep analysing and keep analysing and keep analysing, and they'll eventually have that sort of uh, instinctive spirit inside of them turned off, and I think that's terrible. And, um, you know, really, if you look at our plant protein investment, from the time we met the Eat Group fellows, to the time we signed a term sheet was yeah. 10 weeks. That's and that's an eight-figure investment <laughs> for the family. But that's sort of moving at light speed. Yeah. Why? Because between me and a handful of others in our business, we were already looking at the space. We yeah. were already building this evidence set that was saying, hey, this is going to be a really cool area for the industry uh, over the next uh, several decades. And although... Um, and, and really, we're investing in a startup. Mm-hmm. So, um, although there were numbers and financials that were part of the discussion with the guys from Eat, we really had to act quite instinctively and intuitively on whether this particular opportunity was yeah. the right one to lay down some investment money. And so, we, I suppose we're trying to lead by example. Fantastic. And, and, yeah. for, and for our staff to see mm-hmm. that as a family, we're still trying to lead by example in that sense of entrepreneurialism and hopefully that continues to filter down throughout yeah. various parts of the business Absolutely. and probably goes to the last question about your managerial skills and your beliefs and you said like, it's kind of your inner belief yourself have you said would you think it's 
you and the world around you or courses have you been on any courses of management or is it no. more just self like it's just working through the good times the bad times yeah learning from other people would that yeah help? yeah i i uh i'm a really big believer in sort of real life experiences yeah. and uh making enough of an effort to sit around and learn from uh, contemporaries okay. fr from 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 any perspective uh, whether it's sort of in or out of the industry um, but I'm just a big believer in um, uh, drawing in for some real life experiences over and above going and being taught something in more of an yeah. academic type of structure or uh, framework not that that can't help yeah but if I look at my own history I, I think that's what I've benefited yeah. from, you know, I've been taught by uh, my father and uh, a handful of other guys and girls that yeah. were in this business when I first started, and I've just held on to all of those experiences along the way, um, um, and, and I think that, that's also a testament to uh, Quinn's philosophy of wanting to build a very capable business mm. that could run without a significant influence from the family okay, yeah. yeah that was i'm not sure whether he spoke about that in no, part a no. but that's been a really big wow. objective of mm. ours is yeah. if, it, if you took the family out completely how does the business could yeah. the business yeah. still run and I, I think we're in a really healthy stage of that today yeah so um yeah, the, the, the future sort of looks interesting, which, which gives me yeah. a little bit more of an opportunity yeah. just to spread myself across s these various pillars that, that we're creating a across the business, yeah. just to spread the diversity across the, across the business range, um, rather than just being an ingredients business or a mm -hmm. retail business, as we were, as we were talking last week. Yeah, because yeah, you're a, you've got a few pillars to deal with. Right? Yeah, would you want do. more hours in the day, or are you quite happy with? Uh... No, let's cram more in. <laughs> I think we're, I, I, yeah. I, um, I'm, I'm, I'm excited by the types of pillars that we've got in the business. That yes, they all have uh, their own challenges, and and some are some are really difficult. Yeah. Uh, but I think there's a way through them all. And uh, let's try and find some more. Let's try and find uh, you know the next uh, the next successful pillars that we can add to this business because I think in general the team can cope with more oh, yeah. and and is excited by the prospect of having more uh, business components with which they can learn from, contribute Definitely. to, and enjoy the experience along the way. Fantastic. So I think I think the team can cope with more. We go. Yeah, it's a good challenge, but yeah. I'm I'm gonna leave it that because that that is that is some fantastic to to hear Quinn, to hear yourself, and to hear the future and plant based proteins as well as the changing landscape. I just think it's an incredible business, and I'm proud to work here. And it still feels like you've got the drive and the yeah the the necessary skills to keep it going. So I'm happy. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> I just want to say thank you for your time. Yeah, it's, no uh, yeah, it's always good to try and get your big boss on uh, your <laughs> podcast. So <laughs> hope you guys enjoyed it as well. And uh, we'll be back next week with bombs about cool. the food industry. Right. Thanks, Ben. Thanks for your time.